So I hope can, everyone can see the presentation. Thank you very much for the invitation to be here. It's an honor for me to be in such a uh, diverse but also committed uh, um, um, audience uh, to this topic. I, I think it's a very unique uh, experience because uh, we bring so many people together from different disciplines. And uh, therefore, I'm very, very pleased to be here. I will talk about um, population decline, shrinking communities uh, in Western Europe, where I all, as you will see, talk a lot about the Netherlands also, because also in the Netherlands, one of the most uh, populated countries of the Netherlands, we have uh, shrinkage. Um, and I will base my presentations partly on a book I wrote for Springer, uh, Managing Population Decline in Europe's Urban and Rural Areas. Perhaps you've already seen the little logo. I have also, besides my, um, um, my, my uh, um, employment at University Foundation, Foundation City and Region, um, research at eye level. So I also try to, um, to not only stay in, uh, in my office, but also to go outside to work with communities uh, and look for ways how they can uh, revitalize themselves. If we talk about shrinkage and shrinking communities, we often see that many people from uh, geography, uh, planning, and uh, the built environment are involved. And that's, that's, that, that's fair enough, I think, because uh, that's also where you see shrinkage, so the population decline, that less people are there. And in the Netherlands, we, we are not very good at, uh, at, at dealing with that, you could say, because what you often see is that the houses that are vacant are just there with some wood. Uh, instead, for example, in Germany, they often have some, they, they, they have some green on it. So, but it doesn't look nice. And you see, this is more or less also the thing journalists like very much to present when they talk about population decline. I think what is very important is not only to have a look at the hardware, but also at the software of shrinkage, where we look behind the processes at work. Because what we see in places, rural communities, uh, that there's a lot of brain drain from young people going to the economic centers, and that also what used to be called the population pyramid uh, is becoming more and more like a population tree. It looks a little bit like a Christmas tree. Uh, this is, for example, uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, it used to be the population uh, in 1950 at the left hand, and at the right hand it is 2009. So you see that uh, there are many elderly people um, and less younger people, uh, also leading to a community which is, uh, has, has a lot of variety of uh, uh, differences in terms of um, the age level. So that's also very important, I guess, when we talk about shrinking communities. Um, population decline as a topic has been there uh, very, very long time. Eh? You could even say within, with the Industrial Revolution already rural communities lost people that went to, to, to work in the city centers uh, and to have uh, jobs there. But what's different now is that also uh, um, due to uh, uh, aging and other um, processes, uh, we see that it is more uh, um, uh, prominent in places where you wouldn't expect it. Although what you see is that population decline is typical a topic that we see at the borders of a country in the periphery, because these places are oriented towards the center. And if you look, for example, to the Netherlands, 
you see that the red areas, they are the places where uh, people expect that in the future uh, uh, there will be less people living there. The, right, the, the yeah, yellow, uh, orange uh, places, they are, will also shrink in the future. But as you see, they're also mainly at the periphery of the country. What we see is that uh, over the last decades that many uh, policymakers uh, that are uh, at work in these communities, uh, that many of them found it difficult to accept that people left their uh, place and they said the figures cannot be true. They trivialized it. They said the demographic projections, why should we, uh, why should we accept them? Um, but over yeah, two, three years, many said, yeah, it's very, perhaps better to accept them because indeed no people are coming. And what is then a very uh, popular um, strategy is to do a place marketing. They say, let us have a nice marketing campaign and try to attract people from outside that can come to live here. But as you might know, uh, uh, people are quite home-loving. In the Netherlands, for example, if people move, uh, most people move within distance of only 10, 15 kilometers. Only 7% of the Dutch population is moving over distances uh, of 100 kilometers or more. And these are mostly students. So uh, what you see, there is a sort of residential cannibalism, as it is sometimes called, between villages. They all try to get uh, the same people that have to come there to live there. So this is a strategy which is also very difficult. And therefore, over the last five years, you could say, we see that many municipalities say, okay, let us accept that we will not get so many new people in our municipality, in our community, and let uh, us make uh, the best of it and try to cope with it. And here also Cheetah Slow comes in, because there you see that you can also work uh, for your population, maintain the quality of life, and paradoxically, that is also something which tourists like and that might visit it. So I call that a warm approach, an approach that is focused at the people that are already there, instead of a cold approach that is focused at people from outside, businesses from outside that you should uh, attract. And we see that all over Europe now, um, the Netherlands, Germany, England, uh, Sweden, Denmark, where I've done some research, you see that the warm <coughs> approach is getting more and more attention. But over the years, what I also saw is that talking about shrinkage with community members is very difficult because shrinkage is, is a word that doesn't motivate people. It su suggests some, some decline. It, su it suggests something which people don't like. So what I have done over the years is that I try to find a new vocabulary for it. And now I try to talk more with, about the village of the future. Instead of looking back shrinkage, which is, of course, very pessimistic, I now try to, to go on and to look forward. And then you see that people are more interested, because talking about the future is something people like very much. And it's also that we have to talk, what is a village? What is a community? And of course, there the physical point is very important. In the Netherlands, we always say it's a place with a church. That's the minimum. And perhaps some businesses and some inhabitants, thousands, two thousand. But perhaps the social aspect of a village is much more important. And in the book, The Village Effect, you see that as well. 
it is the face-to-face -face contact. Because if you <coughs> define what's, what is the difference between a city and a village, you see that in a city, you see many people seldom. And in a village community, you see few people very often. And I guess seeing people very often, that's the power of a village and also something that could be the driving force for the future uh, and to cope with shrinkage. By the way, uh, in Western Europe, many people are villagers. Eh? We, if, 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 we, if we read about geography of Europe, we often hear about urbanization and so on. But uh, for example, even in uh, the Netherlands, one third of the people is a villager. And um, I also plea in my country that we should not only talk about smart cit city cities, but also about smart villages, because I guess they need all the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the new technologies and so on to, to revitalize themselves. At the same time, you could say that villages, as they are here at the moment, they have uh, been immense, uh, they, 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 have, they have developed themselves very quickly over the years. When we talk about villages, um, psychologically, we often think of a kind of boiled egg. And here it's the place with the church in it. And like, a little bit like a boiled egg. Like, think of a, of, a, of a medieval village with everything inside, kind of microcosmos uh, with the church. But at the moment, you see, if you look to commuting numbers and so on, that the villager, as such, is often the kind of, is half of the villager is, you could say, He's living in a, he, he, he's part of, of a city because for work, for recreation, for shopping. Um, a very interesting example is that at the moment we see that people are more biking in cities than in villages because in villages you need a car to have uh, to, to, to go to the, to the uh, most easy uh, facilities. So mobility is very important, but at the same time which is often forgotten is the fact that over the last 10, 15 years, many villages have been connected to the global village, to the world globalization, due to broadband internet, and have so been part of a global phenomenon, which is very good, I think. Because even in a very remote village in a mountain, you can talk with your friends via Skype, if it's working well, in Australia. That used to be very difficult in the past. So you see the boiled egg of the past now is more like a kind of scrambled egg where people live in a village, go to work in a neighboring city, <coughs> go to uh, study in another city, go for to the IKEA and somewhere else. So they are combining the best of two worlds. And very interesting is that at the moment, if you look to village to cities, you see that what they do is that they import things that are coming from the countryside. Um, due to climate uh, change and so on. So you see that people say, let us have more green in the city. Let us have uh, um, beehives even in the city. I've even heard that you can better have uh, bees at the moment in cities than in the countryside because of all the uh, toxic uh, um, uh, in, in, in the countryside for the, for the um, uh, vegetables and so on. So, the village in the city and urban farming is also something, which is something from the countryside coming to the, to the, to the city. But I think what remains is the fact that people, seeing, see, seeing few people often is uh, the importance of a village. 
Now then if we look to the hard side of uh, uh, shrinkage, so what we see, the spatial environment, we see that many villages um, say, yeah, we should, we want to attract new people. So we, we want to build, especially for young people, houses, but what I already said, uh, this will lead only to residential cannibalism. You can better renovate existing homes, making them more barrier-free for the elderly po population, or even combine two homes in one. Um, and very important, what we saw in the Netherlands over the, uh, and, and also in Germany, where I did some research on that, is how important the center of a village is, how, how, how are people uh, uh, attached to that, because also the heritage there, because it's a kind of not only facility where they could go to, but also very important as a kind of totemic site, a sort of identity bringer to the village. So if a village is losing inhabitants, um, concentrate the existing things, facilities, uh, houses, uh, shops, and so on, in the center. So then question to you, uh, because looking for places we like and also villages that might be attractive, what is in your view the most attractive place? If you look at <coughs> these four, they're all from the Netherlands, no, not all from the Netherlands, these are from the Netherlands, these are from Germany, France. What is the most attractive place uh, in, in, in your view? Who's going for this one? <laughs> the reality of many villages in the Netherlands, by the way. Who's going for this one? Yeah, it is, it is one fourth. Who's going for this one? Yeah, it's also perhaps a third. And who's going for this one? I guess not everyone has, has, has given his opinion yet, but what I saw is that the people who raised their hands went for these two. So you are really following the theory because according to the theory, people should like this and this the most. The explanation for this is very simple. Um, this is a place we like because the fact that it's imperfect. We like to make uh, a photograph of a nice building, but it's not some, some uh, place where you want to stay longer. It is uh, a place with color. It's uh, authentic. Uh, and implicitly, we think, what will be behind this tower? There is also some surprise effect in it. Variation, and it is made in a time that we didn't have computer models to make our uh, spatial planning, but uh, made just right by people who just built how people were. So it is built at a human measure. It's a book of the tower in Germany, by the way. And this is why people like because of the nature effects in it, the green, the trees, uh, there's also a little uh, bank here. So uh, people implicitly always like nature. So if we know that, of course we cannot make from every village uh, such a touristic medieval village, but the elements are very important. And this is what, what Jan Gale uh, calls uh, the life between buildings. And we often look to buildings first and then look for some people there but he said, let us start with the people and focus at eye level and with five kilometers per hour, just go through it, and then you can find ways uh, how to uh, revitalize the city, of the, the village. And variety is important, what we saw, details, comfort, conviviality, um, the human measure, you could say, 
and ideally also some public green water and a small scale. His advice is also, if in doubt, leave some meters out. If you want to build something new, you can better build too, uh, too, too small than too big, because people simply don't like that. And the criteria is, you could say, a good place that is an attractive place is, is, is like a party where you want to stay. And then you think, oh, it's already this late. Um, and um, what I do with my uh, uh, with, 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 with clients um, of villages and uh, cities, I often do not workshops anymore, but workshops. I go with them through the village, have walking interviews, and there we look what we can do to make uh, the village uh, with this uh, um, philosophy um, nicer. Then uh, the soft side, or the people side. The question is, of course, what does a village need? Does every village need a school, a library, a supermarket, uh, a sports association, uh, a swimming pool? Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the debate in the Netherlands. What we found out is that uh, in the Netherlands, uh, implicitly many people think you need a public facility, public service facility, and then the quality of life is good. But in practice, we see that many people say, no, I like it here because I live here very nice and I have nice social contacts. And then mm -hmm. I have to drive a little bit for the next library, five, six, ten minutes. You know, distances in the Netherlands are very small. Uh, are very, very small. I know that, but I don't want to move from my uh, village because of that. So we see that with this shrinkage phenomenon, the regional aspect, the regional daily system is becoming more important and what we also found out is that many people said okay we we know that we have to travel for public services but then we also want to have good road maintenance perhaps that's a good shrinking policy good road maintenance uh, safe roads for our kids uh, instead of keeping up the library or the uh, um, the school in the village itself although this is all very sensible topic of course in many uh, uh, villages. And you could say perhaps a village should need certainly a meeting place for the community <coughs> where people can meet, uh, meeting the people. Health services, especially for elderly people, they can also be mobile, and uh, good broadband to connect with the global village. And here you see some um, models of how to keep uh, or to reorganize these local public services. And we see that uh, at the moment many villages say, let us maintain some basic services, but let's do it ourselves. So we see many citizens that uh, come together and say, let us run a supermarket ourselves, instead of that uh, um, a firm is doing it. You see also a place that said, let us spread it. So let us say we have in the region, we have uh, here a swimming pool, and build a new swimming pool so that people <coughs> can go there. Here a school, here for example, uh, um, a kind of little theater. But what you often see then is that people say that we don't like it because we're only traveling for the most basic things uh, all the day. That's, what, that's also not what they want. And therefore, combining facilities together so that you have, for example, a school that can be used in the evening also for elderly people that come there for, uh, for uh, uh, playing cards or for uh, uh, something else that, 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 that is, is 
fighter for the community. That that's quite that is working well. And perhaps for some basic facilities like uh, the swimming pool, which library, you can have it in the biggest center within the region. And from there out, you can also have mobilized, mobile uh, uh, public services, uh, for example, uh, um, uh, doctors that are driving, so that not people go to the doctor, but the doctor is driving to the villages that have their uh, uh, patient look, look, for, uh, look after the patients. And although I'm quite skeptical about virtualization that you say we can have many villages also digitally um, Skype is nice but seeing people face to face is better uh, so that is of course interesting for the future also uh, I think many elderly people now that are 80 85 they are not such a fan of uh, 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 digital services we see but it might be quite different over 20 years because we all grow up with uh, these facilities. So I guess it will go on. <coughs> this is the theory, but in practice we see that many people say let us have every village its own facility because uh, we like that. It's important. And the heart is more important here. We call that as geographers ordering by bordering. We know that it's good to share a swimming pool with a neighboring city. But it is a sort of uh, uh, yeah, um, um, law that uh, neighboring villages often uh, don't like each other. Uh, it is uh, the ordering by bordering phenomenon. My identity, I can define it by saying I'm not you. Uh, so that is more or less what we see. This is also the reason why uh, this place, San Simon Germaniano, has so many towers. Because every, every year, uh, the neighboring village said, we can make, make a bigger tower. And then they said, let us make an, uh, a bigger tower over it. So we see that local sentiments uh, remain very important, and especially when it comes to schools and sport associations. So in practice, uh, it is sometimes difficult. But with all these things, I think it is very important to um, have a focus uh, in villages on the people and the fact that they grow older. And um, what we see, and here we see how, how uh, ironic it can be, people that are still posting a letter in the Netherlands, elderly people, uh, younger people do it by email, they cannot even bring it to the, uh, bring it to the uh, post box because it is not uh, very free. In the Netherlands, we see that some villages say, let us have the traffic lights somewhat longer on green because then people have time to, mm -hmm. to, to, to go over it. And because it's very difficult for us to feel how it is when you're 85 and old and living in a village, um, in Germany they have an invention, it's the aging suit. I've also uh, some, uh, I use it also in my workshops, where you can feel how it is when you are uh, uh, 30 years older, uh, for, for example, for someone of 45. Or, so it is a tool to uh, to to to, uh, uh, to to see uh, how it is when you are uh, very old, and you see uh, we have every kind of uh, all kinds of instruments to simulate that. Uh, and in fact, then you see that there are many barriers still in the environment. Then um, 
the organization of it. Uh, what we see is that this whole shrinkage D bit population decline is also um, giving a uh, um, chance for a rethink of how we organize our society. Um, what used to be, this is Dutch for uh, state, overheid, the market, we always looked at state and market, but we see that over the years the civic community, civil society has become more and more important. And I guess in shrinking societies, population decline, uh, it is also about rethinking the relationships between state, market and community. And what we see is the community is getting more and more important. Uh, and that uh, state is withdrawing a little bit, and market is doing, uh, 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 for example, with, with ICT and all these developments, is, is always there. So I think this is also important to take into account, and especially when we talk about public services in villages that, that civ citizens do themselves. We see that um, sometimes in the Netherlands, we also learn from England because uh, the big society movement over the last few years hasn't been so successful. Um, and we see it also now in the Netherlands. That, of course, we can uh, leave uh, many services to, to, to the citizens, but they have to, to get also the support from the state. It's not that just do it by yourself. And from research in England, uh, they say, when are people becoming active? Uh, 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 in bottom-up initiatives, and, they, uh, and, and they, they found five uh, uh, conditions for that. The first one is um, if people can it can can do it. For example, can you ask from people in a village to do their own street lightning? Oh, I think it's very difficult. But in the Netherlands, for example, they say let us just look what what happens. Perhaps there is some technician who can who can do that. No, that's really a state thing. Then very important, people should like it uh, uh, because of their heart for the village. Then the very, um, the most important one, they should be enabled uh, by the state for it. And they should, uh, yeah, no rules uh, that are uh, against it. They should be asked to and also responded to that at some point they get a reward or, or a party or something that people see that there is something happening with their community engagement. And what we see in the Netherlands now is that, and I, I also see it in Denmark and, uh, and, and Sweden, that the bottom-up development is very good. It is, it is, uh, uh, it is going in, in very many fields, but at the same time, the focus is missing. And so you see in villages, it is all dependent on what happens at that place. And we see now, um, um, a need by municipalities also to say, yeah, what, how do we want to have uh, the village of the future? What, how should it look like in the future? So now there is a, a cry for a vision also in villages. And um, that is also why I said top let, bottom fed. Yeah. Um, so that municipalities should have a vision how their village should look like, your municipality, and then try to look how uh, bottom-up initiatives can help in that. And also to attract other people than the usual suspect, because we see that often in the Netherlands, who is a civic uh, engaged that are uh, white male men over 55. 
Eh? But uh, are they speaking for, for everyone in the city? What about the silent majority that is not uh, 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 asked and is uh, living its own way? So there is, in the Netherlands, at least a need for a municipal compass that should uh, uh, direct the bottom-up initiatives more and more. Then the future of villages, I'm, I'm, I'm quite optimistic, but the villages will look different than the villages of today. We will have the winners, these are the villages that are attracted by many tourists at the moment already. They will also have many facilities. Uh, then we have the residential villages. These are uh, places that don't have really public service anymore, perhaps not even a school anymore uh, or a, a, a supermarket, but these are places where people like to live and that are in favor by return migrants and newcomers perhaps that want to work there um, during a few days in a week. And we will have always villages that find new ways to respond to old uh, challenges, you could say. And these are the pioneering villages. And I guess Pachita Slow is a very good example of uh, the movement that is uh, uh, that is bringing such villages together with the quality of life, sustainability as uh, the major goals. So I come to an end of my presentation and I hope that I have uh, yeah, shown a little bit about how the debate of population decline could be understood. Uh, and I think it is really also a mental issue uh, when we talk about shrinkage and growth. Growth is framed often as something better as shrinkage. Uh, um, three is seen as not only uh, uh, more than two, but also as something better. And I think we should, uh, we should leave that and uh, also think that shrinkage is good. And especially when you couple it with warm measures, so for the people that are already there, instead of only hoping that people from outside are coming to the place and bring in some new energy, I think that the regional focus is very important about, uh, for this, and that uh, when we talk about architecture, it's not only architecture which is important, but also acupuncture, the small things, the green, the banks, the, the, the variety, uh, and, and all these things. And um, when I look to some, some, some movements at the moment, uh, what we see in the countryside, then um, we see that, uh, especially uh, thanks to broadband, we see that ambient assisted living is, is, is more and more in favor, uh, so uh, that, that, that people can stay at home longer because of design in their houses. The slow city movement, of, about which we will hear uh, shortly more. And uh, you could also say that the shrinking areas of today, they are the form runners of tomorrow. Because tomorrow, also in the city, they will look how these shrinking areas are, uh, are dealing with challenges. And with this workshop, I also look forward to your ideas in that very much. Thank, thank you very much.